Welcome to the Broken Pencil Booking Company Pro Wrestling Podcast and radio show infused with hip-hop. I am Wood. Made daily. With organic, farm-to-table, localized, neuralized, sterilized, scotch-guarded for 2020 repellent, available online, shipped via Amazon, not available on Sundays, but now available on thebeastradio.com. Broken Pencil Logic. You stay classy, Internet. I'm Suave Burgundy. Yes, you are, sir. What's happening? Everything. Everything? Everything. (laughs) I I believe we both are marked safe once again from uh, hyperextending anything. We ain't reaching for shit. (laughs) We We ain't out here reaching. We ain't out here making up nothing. These is facts. 100% 100% factory, <laughs> factoid. As, as, as T.I. once said on the Dirty States of America documentary, this is make-believe what you're doing. <laughs> T.I. is probably the coldest person to ever come from Atlanta to not move his teeth when he talked. Now, he had a full-scale <laughs> rose gold grill in his mouth at the time. It was like... <laughs> say, seriously. It's it's one of the only ones I've ever seen from a, from a rapper with a rose gold grill, but it was like huge. <laughs> wow. Where, where people were still putting like, and for those of you who have ever had a grill, you know that this was a thing. Instead of having the diamond set in the teeth, the they would take uh they would make the the old school actual gold grill and then put earrings on top of the teeth. <laughs> That's the they would they would take diamond earrings and they would shave the shave the stem off, and then they would place those earrings on the teeth so that's where you would get that that gleam yeah you would get that gleam and that popped out look before they started doing <laughs> invisible sets inside the actual teeth cats would smile shit look like <laughs> right but like you couldn't close your mouth yeah there's a whole there's a you, whole lot of cheesing going on unnecessarily right or you would scratch the, ins- the t- inside of your upper lip trying to close your mouth cause like there's just no room yeah you can, so yeah. then imagine trying to do an interview with that same grill in your mouth. You just the whole time, you just talking like this. You know, you you, you ain't have an yeah. accent, but you know, Cassie. You, can't, a, you a, can't swallow your spit or nothing. The only other person to talk like that is, is 50 because he was shot and Charlie Murphy. Be- and Charlie Murphy. This is make believe what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, like he's like dentures about to slip out. <laughs> but, but we are marked safe, so yes, for indeed. that we thank you. Today is Thursday, September twenty third. Yeah, my lord. Yeah, my lord. I say yeah, my lord. Yeah, my lord. Twenty twenty one. Hey, Amen. We have, um, shit. I I can't say it. We literally have one main event across two cards on uh, on SmackDown: Bloodline versus New Days. What <laughs> SmackDown and Raw? <laughs> Bruh. And, and Bobby Lashley is like being on the marionette, just dangling from you know from 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 the from the strings. Finn Balor you know what? is involved I'm glad, somehow. I'm, Go ahead. I'm glad you said that because I want to start before we jump off into the the abyss of what is just absolutely shit behavior i would like to focus on some of the positive from this week okay this um, is this is definitely positive monday night raw main event actually the yes. opening and the main event involving yes. the bloodline and the new day and then of yes. course the, the triple threat on monday involving your wwe 
uh, champion Bobby. Uh, so, no, not Bobby Lashley. Big E, um, your former WWE champion Bobby Lashley, and your tribal chief head of the table WWE Universal champion Roman Reigns in that triple threat. I'm glad you acknowledged our tribal chief. I do acknowledge acknowledge him. Um, more people should. I don't understand why they did it as fast as they did, but oh man, you you, you know why? Because oh, okay, AEW is whooping that ass. <laughs> they are throwing bolos. You hear me? <laughs> I mean, they they are. Look, I have been highly critical of AEW and deservedly so in some spots, but right now they scored that one sneaky punch that staggered the much larger opponent and they have been throwing kitchen sinks ever since man and that but the main event on monday was the damn good one um i just hate the fact we're we're, we're literally digging through a survivor series in september we ain't got no choices no more bro like yeah. you can't you are in a situation where you really can't afford to wait you got to shoot your shots now and hope you come up with something later. Cause like, like th this is all the ill effects of like, this is, this is the, the chickens coming home to roost from your, your hell in a cell 2019s and you're not giving us Lesnar versus Lashley or, you know, all of this shit that we say we want, we are vocal about, we want this. This isn't like a, an unreasonable request. We're like, these are the groceries you have in, in the refrigerator this is the dinner we'd like cook and you completely do some different shit and then give us a sandwich mind you they aew has been touting this grand slam night in uh, at arthur ash stadium for months now and the card materialized last week they kicked off the damn show with brian danielson versus kenny omega and no title was on the line Another uppercut. There was only one logical answer to this, and they went right with it, and we all fell right into this. No Time much. limit draw. Beautiful. In a arm bar. In a classic. Arm bar. That's how you give away a match on free television and still have it to where people are going to pay for it when the pay-per-view happens. Brian Danielson's <laughs> first match in AEW is a time limit draw. Against listen to against the, the against, best against the best bout machine. Listen, I, I we we talk a lot of shit about Kenny Omega, and rightfully so. He should just not grab a microphone. If he does what he did last night, every night we'd be higher on 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 his uh, on his uh, on his on his coattail. But we're not. Now he's been he's I I'll say I I've enjoyed his run as as. Uh, heavyweight champion as much as i possibly can um i mean we got we got a main event worthy i can uh, yeah uh, i can do it how i'm speaking though just, or, just or, or a paper or a pay-per-view main event worthy match with him and christian cage mm -hmm. it all out like that's something that people would have never bet would have happened in wwe in terms of christian cage at this at this point in his career yeah, had Kenny made that jump to wwe right before aw's uh inception and had he taken the money and gone to New York, as they say, life would have been much, much different for Kenneth. Yeah, much, much, much I, different. Exceedingly different. Uh, quite possibly Mike Bennett different. Uh, I, I would hope not that, not I, that I different. I put nothing past anyone from the outside at this point. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, nobody's a, nobody's above suspicion at this point. It ain't safe. But, it ain't safe. <laughs> yeah, but AEW's looking like they like okay. You say we can't fuck with Raw? Watch us do it in the same month. Like we gonna we gonna catch one of these shows and we gonna catch you slipping. Let me give you this the dynamite card from last night: Danielson and Omega and the Curtain Jerker, um, MJF and Pillman Jr. No, uh, no, that's not a that's not a curtain jerker. They just brought the entree out first. Well. They're, they're, they, you ate dinner in reverse. Well, no, 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 no. Because keep in mind, it was um, it. You have two tapings. You have Rampage and Dynamite tapings last night. So you basically had two main event cards there. Uh, mm-hmm. Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes again. Very entertaining match for Cody, who got booed out the building. We'll talk uh, about that too. There's a reason for that. FTR versus uh, versus Sting and Darby Allen. Good to see Cash Wheeler healthy. Man, uh, Brett, 100% hit the bell for that. We thought we we thought he was done. We we hadn't talked about it on the show, but we thought because of that 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 freak arm injury where he got his his main a vein gashed open, we thought he was done with nerve damage and everything. And he's back in there and he's looking better than ever. Uh, that's that's truly beautiful. But then that also has a lot of other things that have happened up in the air. But we'll get to that too. Doctor Brett Baker. D- DMD, D versus Ruby Soho for the AEW Women's Championship. Um, mm-hmm. And I felt, I felt like it was a little early for that, but yeah. And that was that that was the whole card because the first match was thirty minutes, and then, and then yeah, tomorrow night punk, uh, cut a promo. Yeah, Punk, punk cut, cut a nice promo on uh, on Team Taz, which was well well overdue. And his first match on on free TV is Friday. Ramp. He, <laughs> Rampage is the home for main eventers everywhere. The same, the same thing they tried to do when they brought back main event on uh, WGN a few, uh, like years ago, where they had like Big Show and Cena on the first episode, and then they they the break like the breaks just just collapsed after that. Um, they're try, they're doing that with Rampage, but the only difference is on Rampage you're keeping the main event status going. And tomorrow, and uh, yeah, tomorrow's episode is two hours. Um, Rampage Grand Slam Authorized Stadium. Let me pull up that card here real quick. Powerhouse Hobbs versus CM Punk. Eddie Kingston, John Moxley versus Minoru Suzuki and uh and Lance Archer, aka Suzuki Goon. For those of mm-hmm. New Japan who are New Japan aficionados. Uh Lucha Brothers, Santana Ortiz versus Private Party, the Butcher and the Blade. And then Anna J versus Penelope Ford. The uh, Super Click, Adam Cole and Young Bucks versus Christian Cage and Jurassic Express. And the Men of the Year, who is uh, Scorpio Sky and uh, and uh, Ethan Page versus Jake Hager and Chris Jericho. Pff, I, main, main events, dog. Everyone, every like even Anna J and Penelope Ford could be on a pay, on a pay per view card. Like this is a, this is a pay per view over the course of two nights. On, uh, this TNT. ain't the same AEW you started the pandemic off with. Not at all. Not at all, bro. Not at all. It, it's it ain't. And then tomorrow night on SmackDown, we're gonna have um, the New Day versus. Oh, I'm sorry, the Bloodline versus the New Day and a six man. And I'm sure. Again? Fa- uh, well, uh, that's what they're. That's what. Oh, champions versus champions. I'm sorry. Um, Big E versus Roman Reigns and the New Day versus the Usos. So Big New E Day, versus Wait, wait, wait. New Day's not champions though. New Day that wait, so how how do we get champions? 
I don't know how they said champions versus champions unless but something it, happened at a house show. But isn't is, uh, unless well, unless it's cha- it better not be champions versus champions. I'm, I'm assuming. Okay, let me go back here. Now, if you just set up, you know, two different matches, uh, cool. But let me let's let's check and see what SmackDown's previewing for tomorrow. Let's see here. They're touting champions versus champions for t- uh, for tomorrow. I'm hoping that we get Biggie versus uh, Roman Reigns and uh, the uh, Usos versus uh, RK Bro tomorrow night. That's what I'm okay. hoping we get. Uh, but yeah. you're, again, you're screwing you're screwing yourself out of Summer Man out of Survivor Series by doing that. I mean, you still got to go through Saudi. Like you have too much. You got too much time and space and events between then and and survive now in Survivor Series, and you can't afford to pace this out anymore. When is like it? you gotta be you gotta be on your shit every week, it, even if your creative hasn't figured out how to be better, which that's gonna take forever. But your match quality and your 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 card gotta be slapping every week, or else you finna get ate up, cause the in ring product at, at AEW made a quantum leap. In the last ninety days, mm-hmm. like they were already starting to improve, but like the free agents that came in made this shit ridiculous. So <laughs> Bro. now, for real, for real, you gonna have to figure out what you gonna do, cause every week they can put together something that looks like a dream match. And they, they touted it as a dream match. And if you're looking at it on paper, it looks like a dream match. But if you watch that that Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson match objectively, it's not a dream match. It's just a damn good wrestling classic. Yeah, the, the term dream match has kind of been pimped out. Like, that's one of those things. Like, everybody's going to say dream match because it's like you didn't think you'd get both those people in the same place at the same time. Or it's like some shit you would create on a video game. So then everything is a dream match because it only happens on a video game. Like if you're if you're in the same building, it can't be a dream match. It's actually expected at this point. A dream match would be two people from two different buildings crossing over the quote unquote forbidden door. That's a dream match. I, I, I can get what you're saying. Now, somebody, now most people are going to hear that and be like, no, it is a dream match because we want to see it. Like, okay, split, split the difference, split hairs, PAFN. You didn't expect to see it. You expect it to be great. At this point, Seth Rollins and Kenny Omega is a dream match because you know you probably won't see it anytime soon. Mm-hmm. That type. But that's just splitting hairs on definitions. What we're going to have to start seeing on WWE programming is a commitment to high-level matchups on free television. And to an extent, you got it on Monday because on that same card, you also got AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. But here's the thing they're going to have to realize. How many times have you pulled the trigger on certain stuff? Like that one. Yes, that one's been done a lot. It's never bad. They're both good enough to have a different match every time they do have one. But how many times are you going to put that on TV and expect people to be interested? And how and how different would those matches be, really? Because what we saw last night uh, with, with Danielson versus Omega, we saw some moves from Brian Danielson we haven't seen in 15 years. Because they weren't approved. Let, let, let's let's be a hundred a hundred thousand trillion because like i saw some shit that was you know said to the effect of um what wwe told daniel bryan on his way out which excuse me 
Yeah, well, to them, he is Daniel Bryan. Yes. Um, Because, you know, Bryan Danielson penned a, a letter in the Players' Tribune thanking WWE and specifically Vince McMahon, but not acknowledging him by name and, and saying that, you know, he wished more people could see him the way that he does. Pronouns, pal. M- more people could see Vince the way that Bryan does, which I... I I tend to believe because I feel like the system is so broken that like, yes, there's a whole lot that comes from VKM's hand, but there's a lot more that isn't where it's like Vince will give a general direction and then someone else has to write the actual scripting and the verbiage. And then somewhere between that there and TV shit gets lost in translation. I'm more than willing to believe that, that that's true. But um, one of the things that uh, Daniel Bryan was told before he transformed back into, into uh, Bryan Danielson was that WWE didn't trust his body to hold up. That's a... that Look, far be it of me to, to advocate anything on their behalf... That's not a, a terribly inaccurate statement. Considering their their history, their track record with dealing with this talent, that is not an unreasonable statement for them to make. Now, he just proved them wrong last night, but you can understand why somebody might say that. He's like the Carson Wentz of, of professional wrestling. There's a lot of there's a lot of injuries, like immense talent, MVP level caliber talent, but frequently injured because of uh, a predisposition to making dangerous moves. Like there's some stuff that he did versus Kenny Omega that you're like, hmm, okay, that's uh, that was an interesting choice. Right, you know what I'm saying. And the only time post post return that we saw him get into a situation like that was against Brock Lesnar, and that was worked. <laughs> Look, not for nothing. When he was part of the Wyatt family for that whole short three week run that he was, <laughs> another issue of hot shotting. He knocked himself out in a match and didn't remember the ending of the match. More than half the match he didn't remember because he knocked himself out in the match. Like, how you're able to climb ropes, turn flips, land on your back, do like whatever he did. The, the night that he became a Wyatt, and no, it was no, it was it was the night he became a Wyatt or the, or the night he took off the uniform? Had to be the night he took off because that was a cage match. Yeah, that, that, that was the match. Yes, sir. It was the cage match. Bruh, go back and watch that match if you can. And okay. Yeah, if it's up on the network. Can we get all the rest of our content, please? And they, speaking Shit. of, speaking of, <laughs> Sidebar: When is the Which last? When is the last time y'all put up something new on a on a week that wasn't a fucking pay per view? Um. Oh well, shit. I can't. I can't even answer that one because it's some new ECW stuff that that came up from like the nineties. But like nineties, like it's some stuff that came up from ninety seven that I hadn't seen up as was on the network since the the changeover. But you're actually right. Yeah. Like I, I went on there just looking for for like like new shit and didn't see did, anything new. Hey, speaking of which, did we ever get that Lex Luger icons? Mm. Man, y'all full of shit. 
Are y'all waiting on him to die? I, I don't want to bean that one, but uh, yeah. Um, that's that bullshit. Like y'all, y'all are batting a thousand on fucked up decisions. <laughs> Shouts out NXT 2.0. The fact that y'all got to call it 2.0, like why? I don't. Never mind. <laughs> because you want to rub it in, rub it in to the fact this that like, this, this ain't your, this ain't your mama and daddy's NXT anymore. Yeah, the first the first one wasn't it. This is it. <laughs> Meanwhile, Braun Breaker. Oh man, bro! Y'all like, y'all get rid of Braun Strowman. Y'all can't come to terms with Scott Steiner, and now the the, the only Braun you got is actually I, part of his name. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think it would have been worth more to buy the name from Scott. Well, buy at least it. Put a lease on it. Yeah, put a like, lease look, on we'll, it. We'll give you this amount. We'll give you this amount cash money records for the nine nine and the two thousand to lease the name Steiner through the contract term of Bronson. Wait, and is real? No, Steiner. The Steiner name. Bronson is his birth name. Yeah, what I'm saying. Bronson Steiner. Yeah. Or, or Bronson or, or, Rex Bron- Steiner. Bronson Rex Steiner, yeah. yeah. But, but, the, but, the but entire you, time that Bronson is signed to WWE, we want to lease the name Steiner, and then we'll give you this much. And then when we re-up, when he has to re-up, because he'll be there long enough to re-up, he's young enough, and he just started in the business, we'll re-up and drop another bag. Like, why is this so fuck? You made... There's billions of dollars at play. You can't take this shit with you. You keep fucking around. <laughs> it ain't coming back again. It'd be worth millions instead of billions. And that's that's see, that's the conversation that you don't want to have. You keep fucking around in these TV rights that you've been living off of and getting fat off of, they're going to dry up a little bit. Now, obviously, it won't dry up to to a point to where, you know, you'll hurt too much. It won't just the next the next deal won't have a B attached to it. <laughs> now, Let's let's go. We we've been tap dancing around this long enough. We've talked about it at nauseum over the last week. Hell, we even went so far as to record an entire episode on Friday, uh, September the seventeenth. Yeah, my lord. We let, we let <laughs> off a whole clip, and then a whole lot has happened since then. And there's a more concise way to get to this. Oh, before you do that, because we were sticking with the positive, I do have a couple of notes of some shit I want to see. Let go. So, I wish he would have done it on his first um, his first SmackDown since becoming champion. But I wanted Big E because he interrupted Roman, and they still have some shit going on. That's obvious that that's going to end up being your uh, your Survivor Series champion versus champion situation. Will it be a unification? That remains to be seen. I, now, I'm, I'm <laughs> interested to see. I, I think we'll have answers come. Uh, come draft time which is in a week you'll absolutely have answers come draft time because the the story i i read was because of roman's appearance on raw raw had it's like highest rating and i don't know how long and they're rethinking the brand split not ending it but essentially i think that they're pretty much thinking about bringing the wild card shit back when you at this point you really should think about ending the brand split hmm only because you have so much to compete with on the other station. However, what I wanted to see happen was Big E show up with a shirt that says Acknowledge E. 
that's straight out of my playbook. If you see that shit happen on television, somebody owe me a motherfucking check. Wow. And I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be diplomatic about it this time either. <laughs> uh, hold on, I, this, I, some, some things some things are warranted, Suave. Just bear with me here, real quick. For a nominal fee, soon to be a phenomenal fee, I will slice off some of this broken pencil knowledge and put it on your plate. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. <laughs> the, the ushers will be in circulation. <laughs> no Raymond, no. All right. <laughs> so. No, that's Ursher. <laughs> Ursha. <laughs> Ursha, baby. But yeah, I, I thought it would be cool, like, to troll Roman a little bit and have a shirt that says Acknowledge E. That's right out of New Day's playbook. I think it would be funny. I think you'd sell a lot of those. Make it make it some limited edition shit. Not quite like what you did with Cena, but limited edition and not an NFT attached. Oh, just you wait. We'll talk about Cena later on this episode. Then again, you could do you know a commemorative Big E NFT of him winning the championship. <laughs> and then, and then you know, then possibly sell a shirt to go with it. Price just, just went down. Yeah, way down. We talking about a, a hundo max. <laughs> Lord uh, help. God willing. Shout out to the clips. <laughs> All right. So back on to this nonsense. Dark Side yeah. of the Ring uh, returns for the second half of, of season three with the plane ride mm. from hell. Mm. And uh, we, we're not going uh, We won't rehash the whole episode. Like look, we can't. We, one, at this point, we one, can't. Yeah, the one we put <laughs> in the can, like that was a scathing expose. In the time since then, there have been some new developments, and we have come up with a more concise and compacted way to give this information to you. By this point, we feel like everybody who has. Uh, has had a desire to see it. Has had an opportunity to find it. Let's let's say this. We we can unequivocally say this. Facts over feelings. If indeed at, at, at all times. If indeed, Ric Flair did do what he was accused of, which we we have heard that he has done this multiple times over multiple generations. There are cartoons currently on the WWE Network or Peacock the WWE section of the Peacock app. There's in the Storytime series, this is depicted in a cartoon. The plane ride from hell. And Which we didn't know at the time that, that that's what they were doing it from. They just, they told it like it was just an old flare thing that he did on a lot, which it is. The thing we're but, referring to is being butt naked under a flare robe and then opening up his uh open, opening up his robe and revealing his genitalia and swirling around his, around his waist like a helicopter which is already sus as fuck when you're on a plane with like 60 dudes and 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 a handful of women uh, at that point it becomes a form of assault so you you and, and at the bare minimum indecent exposure now there's, yeah there's an arrestable offense involved yeah felonious cuz you're in the air um Oh damn! Then there's that. Passenger <laughs> fifty-seven. Man, so oh, you remember the movie Drop Zone? Yeah. <laughs> Wesley Snipes spent a lot of time in airplanes getting his money. Boy, oh man! It's all these snakes on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> Shout out to Samuel. <laughs> 
So if you if if he indeed did these things, which again, multiple people from different time frames have chronicled that this has happened. Right, because it wasn't it wasn't a taboo situation. It was just a funny prank. He's just a piece of shit, which we've already had multiple people shouts out uh, Hall of Fame pencil pusher Teddy Long um, for for chronicling one one area in life where in which he's a piece of shit. This makes this would be a bigger this make you a bigger piece of shit if you indeed went up on and pushed up on a defenseless flight attendant on a chartered plane and non-receptive non-receptive and you force her hand onto your genitalia and no one stops you those witnessing are also complicit pieces of shit not keep it g like we don't even have to go to the point where you're where her hand is forced to grab or touch anything she doesn't want to the fact that you approached her with in that manner with junk swinging yeah, with yourself exposed underneath a wrestling robe. Like, that's enough by itself. Because if she had maced you at 30,000 feet and got on your ass. Whole problem. Whole problem. And it's you're going to have, a, you're gonna have, a, uh, you're gonna have a, a plane full of wrestlers trying not to get physical with a flight attendant, but trying to separate it because anywhere else like if we were if we were down say downtown dallas we're walking around and a, and a dude dressed up like rick flair who wants to play the same prank walks up on me you or either one of our wives with that same energy an ambulance will soon follow now here here, here is the more telling because some things you ex- you would expect from hearing it from you know this type of environment this type of story with rick flair I asked you, Suave, because I had I had saw like the first. It was forty four minutes long. I saw the first thirty seven minutes, and I and you said we're not done yet. And I I, I completely I, I was upfront and forthright, and I said there's absolutely no way that someone can body themselves in the last seven minutes of the last segment of a program. And, and you I said, told you. <laughs> and you what said, did I tell you? keep watching. That's all. <laughs> stay tuned don't don't touch that dial we'll be right back and i I stand to be corrected it happened Mm -hmm. i mean you knew this before you text me and said there's no way he could body himself in seven minutes if i tell you i watched something and this is what i took from it you can pretty much take it to the bank i wasn't bullshitting and like, you I don't, didn't, you I don't, didn't seem, I don't pump fake when it comes to shit like you this. didn't even allude to the fact that he bodied himself. So the fact that I even got to the point to from watching this show that somebody bodied themselves in the last seven minutes was befuddling to me to actually see it happen. The self-destruction I, I, of Tommy Dreamer. I do not pump fake in these situations. If I say it, you can pretty much take it to the bank that I believe it. Uh. Yeah, but Richard Fleer fucked up. And see, that's what we got to get with this shit because the one thing we kept saying in the days following the debut of that episode is that we want to see if everybody keeps that same energy that they have for Bill Cosby. So far, uh, we've we've got drops from uh, Car Shield. Right. They they they've they've suspended. They've paused the campaign. 
WWE has removed Ric Flair from the opening splash and replaced him with the Ultimate Warrior. That's a different kind of piece of shit move. Substituting cocaine for meth. <laughs> like you literally went from bad to worse. Which I I, I assume like your next uh the next choice after that probably would have been good try Terry. So it's like damn. Like you you just 0 for three on that shit. You know, it could have been Hogan it, probably would have been, been the, it could have been Kurt Angle. Nah, Perk Perk ain't no. Nah. They could have they could have put anybody there except for it should it should have been trips. Just put are you ready? From trips, put that at the beginning. Just a D, just a DX chop or something. Just but no, you can't do DX chop because now. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You, yeah. No, now no, you're no. Now, now you're inviting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're inviting people to your genitalia, and this chair slides back, and the person in it stands up. Um. And then uh, just go Triple H. Are you ready? And be done. The the so the the issue in the last seven minutes was the fact that. Tommy Dreamer, and this is this is paraphrasing. This is landing the plane, uh, proverbially speaking. The no pun intended. He he essentially dismisses all of the claims from the from the flight attendant, based off the fact that she allegedly got a bag for the situation. And and then alluding to the fact that because Ric Flair is a great guy, none of this could have happened in any way it's being described. And and, like you and but the you fact. The, the fact that it's Ric Flair that nothing happened to him because he's Ric Flair he's untouchable well that's that's the other thing that kind of Jim Ross pretty much confirmed it was like there was this long pause and it was like he's a made man and then you think about it and it's like the first thing I said was like this is post WCW closing there's nowhere for Flair to go as competition so if you wanted to cut him loose for 12 16 18 months just to kind of air quotes make a point still pay him under the table not to go anywhere else and then bring him back once this dies down because obviously 2002 is a different time you could have done that and, but 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 the phrase quote i'm rick flair and you're not unquote never rang truer than it did throughout this episode never and just just for uh the sake of context what was rick flair doing in 2002 Slash three. Um, he was still collecting the check, wasn't he? No, no, no. He's still collecting the check. I mean, what is he doing creatively? He's oh, managing triple. He's yeah, managing fortune. triple H, and he's well fortune. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm fortune. <laughs> evolution. <laughs> Thank you. He's managing. He's managing Ric Flair, but then he's on the way to creating Evolution. Yes. Because uh, 2002. Imagine Triple H. Would, yeah. Yeah. 2002 is also WrestleMania. Is that 18? 19, I believe. It was 18. 18. It's 18. So 18, I don't remember what the fuck happened at 18. That was... I know, uh, I know that, Flair's not in... That's that, like... Uh, that was Aust- That was Austin Rock the last time. Yeah, Austin Rock, and then that was uh, Triple H, Jericho. I, I want to say Flair and... and um, Flair and McMahon had their match at Royal Rumble. I had to look up and see what the fuck Flair was doing at WrestleMania. But I know by the next year he's uh, managing Triple H because that's that whole tasteless shit between Triple H and uh, and Booker T. Mm-hmm. So y- you kind of see what the vibe is around that company and they have a horrible track record. Flair, Underta- uh, Flair Undertaker, you, uh, no disqualification. That's at 18? Yep, longest match on the card. Okay, well, cool. Yep. Well then, then there's that. So he's he's in a prominent spot. He's part of the streak because isn't that where when Undertaker hits ten? Yep. 
Yeah, circle wins the square. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I'm really at a point, one, I do want to see if people are going to keep the same energy, which I know the answer, but I just want to see it. Two, we're getting to a point, you're going to have to start separating church and state. <laughs> and when I, what I mean by that is, you're going to have to start referencing the performance name for the stuff that goes on with wrestling and referencing the, the government name for everything else. Now, on uh, Friday morning, we we usually don't talk about too much of this stuff, um, not for any other reason than the fact that um, just professional courtesy. But we do respect and listen to Busted Open from time to time. In fact, there was, there was a stretch where I listened to Busted Open every day, even if it's just a, you know the opening. You know, Busted Open is part of my same here. Yeah, it was part of my daily listening. In fact, this, this, I, the first the first time I ever heard Busted Open was uh, when I was driving trucks in 2013. It was the episode where Sting healed Dave Lagreca. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I was hooked. I was hooked on that ever since. That said, though. Tommy Dreamer has become a part of Busted Open, an uh, integral part of Busted Open over the years. Dave LaGreca opened up the show on Friday and in true friend fashion, gave support for his friend, but did not know how to feel about what was said because he he knew what we said was wrong, but and he couldn't defend what he said. And they, but but he was still part of the team. He doubled down on Monday and said that, yes, Dreamer is still part of the team. But he needs some time away. And as of right now, Tommy Dreamer is no longer part of Busted Open. Courtesy of Sirius XM Busted Open Radio. Indeed. If you listen to the show on Friday, if you listen to the live show here on Sirius XM or you listen to our podcast, um, it was just hours after the Dark Side of the Ring that was played uh, on Thursday night. And uh, I came on the show uh, Friday morning and I said... You know, to you and to everyone with the Busted Open Nation that we take the comments from Tommy Dreamer very serious. Uh, we don't condone the attitude or behavior of what was said on that show uh, Thursday night. Tommy is obviously a member of our team that has not changed. Um, yeah. I was quite frankly shocked from what I heard from Tommy uh, Thursday night. And I addressed it as best I could because I thought it was important to address. Uh, a lot of people didn't think I should, and I felt that I had to, and I did on Friday. And over the weekend, uh, Tommy, uh, on all his social media platforms, apologized. And, and you could read his statement uh, on 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 his Twitter, on his Instagram, on Facebook. And it's out there now. He he put it out there uh, yesterday, late yesterday afternoon. Mm -hmm. And I think by apologizing, that's the uh, first step in the forgiveness uh, of Tommy. True. And it does just doesn't change what, what was said on, on that show on Thursday. Also. And um, I felt that I needed to start off today's show to talk about a few different things. Um, I'm still quite frankly shocked by what Tommy said. I, I you know, I, I think that was definitely out of character of the Tommy that I know and that has been hosting this show for a few net for a few years now. And I, I can't 
and will not defend the comments because they're they're indefensible. And quite frankly, uh, the things that Tommy said, it, Tommy fucked up. I, you know, Tommy fucked up on Thursday. And and what he says is insensitive and, and it won't be tolerated. Just keeping it G. And I, I, you know. It's, you know, a lot of people say about, well, in 2021, you can't say this, you can't say, it doesn't matter if it's 2021, 1998, 1985, it doesn't matter. I mean, as a, as a, as a, as a father, as a husband, you know, knowing my daughter now is just turned 18, you know, and she's about to go out into the world, you know, going to start college soon and, and now is working. You know, these are things that I worry about for my own family. And people have had to worry about this for years. And there's just no fucking place for it. There really isn't. There's no place for these, this type of thought process, these types of comments, these types of actions. And as I said, they're indefensible. And I'm not throwing this all on Tommy. Tommy made some insensitive remarks on Thursday. And as I said, they're not going to be tolerated. And... You know, a lot of people have been looking to us now about what we're going to do about Tommy and Tommy's future. And, and as, as far as Tommy's future on Busted Open, for the time being, he's off the show. How long? I, I don't know. I don't know how long Tommy's going to be off the show. Is that enough? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, goddamn, like, okay. You that that is the greatest Lagreca clip I'll ever hear in my life because his his voice gave didn't give me any ill added effects none of that and he told the absolute truth. My question <laughs> to everybody is how in the fuck did Tommy Dreamer not understand this and he did the fucking show months before it aired? At no point after when you did this interview did you say, mm, "This shit may not go over well. I need to reach out and figure something out." Maybe, maybe I need to reshoot my interview or change my stance a little bit because that seemed like I came off a little strong. Like, why why in the fuck would Tommy Dreamer say that shit the way he said it months ago? Because, you know, we know how TV and documentaries work. Yes. Months ago. Even if it's and days the, ago, it's enough time to say, hey, double back. It is, but for my point, I'm going to say months ago. All right. Months ago, and then you let... Everything with Me Too happened. You watch Joey Ryan bite the dust. You see Michael Elgin's career fall apart. You see all of these people who were like rising stars or at least able to fund themselves fully off professional wrestling and that shit be pulled away and they done with. Like motherfuckers got cut loose from NXT UK. You got motherfuckers that like had they whole New Japan shit fall apart. Osprey got caught up in that shit. Like just because you all make shitty choices as people. Well, we'll probably never see Jack Gallagher again. Uh, I, I even fucking forgot about him. Exactly. <laughs> see, that's what I'm saying. The Me Too list that I mean, not even the Me Too list in the last 18 months is enough. Yeah. That it is. Like Joey Ryan was probably earmarked to make a couple million dollars with AEW had nothing happened. And all he had to do, all he had to do was modify his act a little bit. Just enough for TV. Just enough. Like, don't pull a lollipop out of your drawers. 
unless it's on YouTube. <laughs> or, or you know what? He could probably still get away with that shit. Just don't have people dressed up in condoms come out I mean, like druids. And truth be told, he probably would have got Faye Jackson a bag. You see what I'm saying? But you had to you had to live the gimmick. And you lived the gimmick and it got you in some shit. But you saw all these people fuck off, all this money, all this legacy, all this potential fame by being shitty people and getting caught for it. And not only not only did he figure out his bag, but he also killed his own organization in the process. All of the above. You you your poor decision making made for scorched earth of your career. Now you're gonna be selling fucking insurance. <laughs> for or, the general or, or or managing a fucking target like you're gonna be doing some call center shit like jimmy jacobs is fucking delivering packages Man. you watched all this shit fall apart for you to get in front of a camera and double down on some shit the way you did basically victim shaming like no rick flair is so is so high above and far away above above and beyond reproach that there's no way what she's saying could even be moderately true <laughs> to victim shame and defame and just say fuck it I don't you know I don't believe nothing she say Ric Flair is the goat for me like there's a way to support your friends and still denounce I love everything happened. he did for the business but I don't I don't respect anything he did personally boom plane landed very, very simply okay transparent if if and when, or well, it's just if, because there there won't be a win. But if every anything had ever happened where you got caught up in some shit like that, my statement is very simple. I do not support the sexual assault or abuse of anyone, of anyone by anyone. Yep. However, <clears throat> I don't know all the facts in this situation. I will stand by my friend as a friend as we work through this. You know what's crazy? That's how real shit happens because that's damn near verbatim what LaGreca said about Tommy Dreamer. You see? See? Now see me and LaGreca, we're we're gonna be better. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to start listening to Busted Open on a regular basis more. Because I, now I, like, now his voice won't won't bother me so much. Yeah, I, I just I, I wanted you to hear that because that's also how he started the show on Friday, that same tone, and addressed it and basically said that we got his back, but he ain't here. You know we don't right. we don't appreciate what was said. He's still he's still one of us, but we we don't those comments don't reflect us. So we had our our first reaction, initial reaction to what we saw. I mean, and and heard to which I texted you. I was like, oh, this shit this shit got heavy quickly. This is good. This is going to be bad for all parties involved. Hundred percent. I was like. Flair might have fumbled his last big bag and it's probably over for Tommy Dreamer. Because, and obviously LaGrega, you know, was right about doesn't matter what time it is, doesn't matter what time period, you just, some shit just, it don't age well and it never should have been born to age at all. And also it ages. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, it ages in perpetuity. (laughs) <laughs> you, you feel me so with that it's like it's not the fact that he was defending his friend because as we just we just spoke on like there's a way to denounce wrongdoing and still support your friends right because we're obviously dealing with somebody who needs a support system and 
if he goes through the most, he's already issued a public apology. And then if he goes through, you know, either sensitivity training or completes a, some sort of uh, 12-step program, which not to make light of it, but if he, he, he gets some certification to show that he's making the effort. And then even goes as far as, as to personally in person, which is a, a whole different mountain to climb in 2021, but in person apologizes to the flight attendant. At that point, like what else can you ask a of him to get back to a working relationship like not even like oh i like him again but like can he earn a living in professional wrestling if he does all those things can he can he get back on busted open if he completes that that checklist can he get back to impact in a backstage role his on camera days that's a wrap house of hardcore i really hate the fact you're going to hand over operations and act as a ghost because we like people. We ignore. We ignore a lot of red flags. They, what they, what did they say? Never, never meet your heroes. Yeah, pretty much. It's pretty much never meet your heroes because, like, Tommy Dreamer is the same person who told a story of saying when he was air quotes in a dark place and dealing with you know different things. He had contemplated in his mind going to Monday Night Raw, hopping the rail, shooting Paul Heyman on camera, and then blowing his own brains out. He told this in his own words that he was dealing with shit. Basically, so PT, uh, PTSD, CTE, whatever combination you want to blend up. Wow. He's fucked up in the head. To even it's one thing to think it, it's another thing to publicly admit that you were thinking it and say that you were ready to go through with it. Like and, on and, live television. And he does everything so matter of fact, it just seemed like it's supposed to be like oh acceptable and okay. Like that's a hundred percent something that could have happened, because like, okay, getting into the building with the strap probably ain't an issue. That's been a thing in wrestling as long as it's been around getting into the building with anything that's not a big issue they search you more coming in as a fan than they do search you coming in through the back as a talent right then there's the hopping of the rail security won't stop you because you're because you're, you're Tommy Dreamer because you're Tommy Dreamer so it looks like you're supposed to be doing it shooting Paul Heyman it's not going to be a terrible terribly um, difficult thing to do if you've already hopped the rail with the strap Blowing your own brains out depends on how quick you move afterwards. Jeez. But you but you see the type of individual we're dealing with, and we've ignored it because we have these fond memories of ECW. Like, I watch ECW all the time. I've been watching it this week. Not for him, but still, he's there. Oh. So you have these fond memories, and you hold these people up on these pedestals, and it's like, nah. Tommy Dreamer was also suspended from uh, from Impact. And it's not allowed at the uh, at the impact tapings. Um, yeah, because he has a, a backstage role as well as an on camera role. This is a quote from Tommy Dreamer as it relates to a time where he was going through a deep depression, and uh, this had to do at a show in Texas. Let me just read the quote. Quote: I was across the street from the Astrodome. Astrodome. When I tell you, it resonated in my head so so much that I'll tell you what I wanted to do. It's sick that I think this. At WrestleMania, I was going to hop the rail and I was going to whack Paul Heyman in the back uh, back of the head right at the announce table 
and then I was going to whack myself, the ultimate martyr. I was going to hit my pose, crack, boom, pull the trigger because I was that insane. First, they think it was an angle until I shot him. I was so severely depressed and so mental with rage, I needed help. That came from a phone call from Jim Ross. In my head, I was like, I will become famous. I'm glad I didn't do it. But when that phone call came from Jim Ross, hey, Tommy, it's Jim Ross. I wanted to let you know we're thinking about we're still thinking about you. We're going to get it done. Just got to hang tight. Thank you. Man, lot to unpack there. Astrodome. I believe that I believe the capacity of the Astrodome was north of 70,000 people. That's WrestleMania X7, the the biggest WrestleMania of all time. Um, and highly reg- highly regarded as the best in terms of in terms of gate? Definitely not uh, for people. No, nah, I think it was buy rate. Okay, yeah, okay. Cuz this is like literally the the weekend after the uh the acquisition of WCW. Yep. Yep. Yeah, this is and then it's it's Austin Rock. This is 2 68,000 uh, seats is what Astrodome had, the original Astrodome, which is right next to NRG. Um, so you're going to do this at WrestleMania in front of close to 70,000 people. Mm-hmm. Children. Mm-hmm. Um, and a viewing audience of millions worldwide. Millions and millions of people watching at home, yes. And then that that footage is going to go further to you know all your news and media outlets. Local news, worldwide news, your CNNs, your whatever. Here's my take on this. I understand you have issues. And you can talk to somebody. That's not something that should be made public. This is thinking out loud gone way wrong. Okay. If you have those thoughts, make them public and then get the necessary help not as bad but obviously in getting the necessary help not all of that necessary help has stuck because now here comes you know kind of flashing in and out on a on presumed victim like that's behavior of somebody whose mental health may not be all the way it may not be what's the word i'm looking for up to code I'll buy that. You know what I'm saying, like you, you, your mental health is good enough for you to be on the road, but you ain't, you wouldn't pass inspection. <laughs> yeah, you, you riding dirty, basically. Yeah, which, which mental health is like, mm, I can get through the day, but boy, keep keep fucking around, fuck around to find out. Resident BPBC, uh, aficionado, uh, life, lifetime crew member Ron Murray took to the internet to ask us. A question or two. I haven't seen the uh, airplane ride from hell or whatever like that. But I'm just kind of thinking, what? Well, why did it take people so long to kind of cancel out Ric Flair? He's kind of been a piece of crap for a long time. And he called one of the mo- most beloved wrestling managers, personas ever, Teddy Long. And again, why, why are people just waking up? And again, letting him in rap videos. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> We, I, I mean, I guess the question was already answered. Um, be, be, simply put, because he's Ric Flair. Nah, nah, no, no, no. I don't know. Fuck all that. Nah. The, that, so, that's... so again, the question, the question he asked was, what? Why did it take so long to cancel him? 
Because we didn't... We, okay. In that respect, yes, you're absolutely right. Because, hell, we had Flair on a cover of an episode, like, not that long ago. When he, when he asked for his release. And that's the other part about this shit that's crazy. Flair was on a Legends deal until about now, a month ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... Yeah, like none of none of this shit has followed him. None of none of the racial transgressions, none of none of this from the plane ride of hell, plane ride from hell, and then you have no clue about how many other incidents went awry like this. The fact like that we we the- hear about the stories that are like, okay, cool. We hear about the stories that are supposedly funny and like um sophomoric and damn near frat house stuff but you don't hear about the times where shit probably didn't go as planned and you had to pay a little bit to make everything go away yeah I'm just saying dog it's a no for me dog (laughs) so one other thing that you wanted to talk about too, and I'm glad I'm glad you sent me the text message about this because I it's, as much as we had gotten to the the shit of things on this episode into the shit of things into the shit of things. Um, <coughs> don't do that. <laughs> don't don't do that. Oh man, I'm gonna say I'll do that now. Ric Flair is also playing the role of Nino Brown. Please elaborate. Ric Flair has hey okay you ever seen Low Down Dirty Shame yes yes so you remember uh, Sonny Rothmiller yes sir this boy's digging this in his movie back for this one here <laughs> you, you remember his monologue I'm Sonny fucking Rothmiller I'll name names dates places I'll tell them about your overseas connect Flair ha- Richard Fleer has said if the heat is gonna fall on me I'm going to name names and I'm going to tell the real story because I was there. <laughs> that doesn't disqualify him as being guilty. He just means that he's going to let some more people have it because Dutch Mantel has come out with his disdain for Ric Flair over the years recently. And uh, it's actually behind the dark side of the ring. So with, when I say recently, I mean within the last week. So he finna give you bitches the business. You hear me? He said, I'm naming names. <laughs> if I gotta I'm go, out if I gotta go down, all y'all going down with me. I'm out here on your entire ass unless somebody shows me the proper paperwork. <laughs> Do you feel me? Oh. Fla- Look, <laughs> for those of you who are not familiar with that culture, it it is amazing to watch how quickly people will turn on each other like as soon as anybody gets to talking about responsibility accountability facing consequences for their actions if if motherfuckers get to pointing their index finger and telling it if you've seen a mob movie or if you have been in a courtroom on either side of a criminal case this would be the equivalent of turning states. Yeah, Flair has turned states' evidence. He is threatened to turn states' evidence if if he is not exonerated. But you didn't do that when the when the fucking court system got involved because this this went to this was a situation that 
did end up in court. That criminal court, that criminal court, civil court, because truth well, be told, why. truth be told, with the whole Scott Hall incident of being wheeled off a plane because they thought he was dead, uh, U.S. Marshals should have been waiting there for them at the fucking airport. That didn't happen. Cause that's my other question. Tommy Dreamer didn't say shit about Scott Hall. He didn't defend Scott Hall. Did you see what happened with that? Because that was brought up too. Yeah. Apparently, Scott Hall in in a halcyon bender because he was H bombed by H- Kurt Henning. Apparently, no, what, made, uh, no, uh, made uh, overtures at the same same um at the same flight attendant. Two two stories, same person. Story A was yeah, I have no recollection of the incident. Later, story B is I may have been H bombed by Kurt. May have been. I mean, they had to wheel you off the plane like you were dead. I'm pretty sure you had something. And nobody bothered to do a mirror check. Only thing they was thinking of was getting this six, seven, damn near 300 pound man off off the plane any way they could, and they burned his ass. Mm. Like no, no dead we- ass. Like Justin Credible was the greatest homeboy of all time. Like like the anecdote you gave earlier, the greatest homie of all time. I know you dead ass wrong, but I'm gonna stand by you in this situation. Because I'm your friend, and then we're gonna get you some help. I'm and gonna wheel you out off of a plane, show your passport, and pretend that you have a condition. Because jail is not for you. No, nah. jail ain't gonna help you figure this out. You're Just, not gonna get clean in jail. Nothing about the federal offenses that went on on that plane. You're not gonna. You're not gonna dry out in jail. We got to get you away from here, and then find you some help. Just incredible. Uh, I I thought he when I, my my first time any uh, I saw the the dark side episode every time I saw anybody that was on the wrestler side of the fence I thought they were complicit in their actions with everything that went on negative just incredible you can say he was complicit in his actions but I'm gonna tell you one damn thing the only thing that he provided for that show was a uh, background to certain stories and b the he, he he was the focal point of the Scott Hall conversation, and without him, without that conversation, Just Incredible doesn't even get on dark side dark side of the ring, and I'm okay with that because I, in that situation, I probably would have done the same damn thing. Keep the police away from me. That doesn't that does not remove any of the criminal element at all. I mean, it, it, look, okay, I'm, I might be saying some shit that everybody else don't understand, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in any situation if we can avoid adding law enforcement let's do that it's a good day it's a good day regardless of the situation if if me and another person have have an altercation if we can avoid adding law enforcement we can settle this amongst each other yeah too too many questions get asked too many people get get involved it, 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 too much catastrophic damage gets done unnecessarily and this, I, I think, for the environment and and as evidenced by the actions, we probably saw the best case scenario with them not getting involved. If you feel the police should have got involved with cleaning up a plane that was fit, that had plane seats filled with tobacco spit, uh, use syringes with blood on and or in them, um, a virtual dead man inside of a wheelchair with shades on being mimicked to think that there's a disorder going on where somebody else gets his passport and hands it over to customs to say that he's actually a U.S. resident. Like, I I really don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> 
I mean, that that's all that's that's all I got on that, man. I, I mean, I some things you just, just some things just leave you speechless, and I think we're both there at this point. Yeah, we at that point. Like <laughs> Flair, I I actually want to see Flair roll over on everybody. <laughs> he want I do. You, you want to see that triple dog there cashed in? Yes. <laughs> Yes, I, I want I want action. I want I want gun smoke. I want to see what happens if you do not adhere to the wishes and the demands of Richard Fleer. <laughs> oh, all right then, there I is. Want, I want Sonny Rothmiller to get active. <laughs> you won't need no Brown to live. <laughs> No, I don't need him to live. I just oh, need him to do oh. what he did in the courtroom before he died. You need, yeah, let it be known. <laughs> you need to let it be known. Yes. Like, us in hip-hop culture, we have a different code of ethics. Well, I ain't gonna lie and say that, because a lot of these motherfuckers will do the same shit in that situation. The people I know and hold close to the vest, we have a code. <laughs> We have a code about how we conduct ourselves. Man. They, and apparently there is no honor amongst thieves. <laughs> at all. Whatsoever. Um, Jay-Z, to paraphrase, says something along the lines of... Make another hove? No. No, no, no. Not that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from the era where... Don't snitch. But you from the era where snitching is the shit. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's literally the difference between 2002 playing Ride from Hell WWE and 2021 Dark Side of the Ring WWE. With the same people involved. Are Are they right or wrong? You be the judge. Because a lot of this was warranted 18 years ago and or 19 years ago, and nothing ever came of it mm-hmm. until until just now. But we'll see how that how that pans out as we continue on. Because I'm sure in the weeks coming forward, we'll hear more about you know the the backlash of this episode. I'm I'm all but positive, and that's yep. that. That's all we got to record. That's it. We're done. Well, and then there's that. <laughs> All right, man. Holla. All right. I DB. It's straight like that. Straight like that. Straight like that. Straight like that. And then, and then there's there's more pieces of shit uh, th- th- to come off of this too. On the dark side of the ring for September 23rd, we have the story of Chris Canyon, which is one story that we want to tell for Dark Side of the Ring. We get what we want, but we've already heard a piece of uh, of an interview with Chris Canyon, Howard Stern, and a phone call from Ric Flair. Yeah, this 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 second half of season three is not going well for Ric Flair at all. And R- Richard Fleer. And and what and what you're gonna look for? No, this was Ric Flair. No, I, I, I get it. I get it. I'm just look. I'm I'm trying to get a narrative going here. I'm trying to separate church and state. Because but you fucking, but in this, in this case you can't because church was state in 2008 2007 whenever this was. This is true. Church has been state for a lot of this shit. This is tongue in cheek because fucking Terry Bollea was able to avoid all legal responsibility by saying 
Terry Bollea and Hulk Hogan are two different people. <laughs> Plausible deniability. <laughs> Plausible deniability. For those of you who have seen the Gawker trial documentary on Netflix, he literally used this as a fucking escape hatch. And it worked. It fucking worked. <laughs> it worked. It fucking worked, bro. <laughs> Yo. Oh. So if Bill Cosby would have said no, Cliff Huxtable is who did this. Everything Cliff Huxtable and Bill Cosby are two different people. Oh, everything would have been excused. So uh, what was the dad's name from Seventh Heaven? That I don't know. Uh but but for those of you who know about the dad from Seventh Heaven, you know what I was about to do. <laughs> so I'm going in the bag today. I'm just saying, like, y'all not going to keep... Look, you not going to keep hitting us with this double standard bullshit. Either we keeping the same energy with everybody or we ain't got no energy at all. Pull the fucking plug. Stephen, Stephen Collins is his, uh, his government name. And then whatever his name was on the show. Eric Camden. Well, there, yeah, put two and two together. You know the story. Now pick which who did what. <laughs> Eesh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all not finna keep doing this. And because I know the answer... I know you're not going to keep the same energy with Richard Flair, Ric Flair, or whoever that you kept with Bill Cosby because they're not the same. This man had the nerve to, and you you can debate you can debate your mama on this one. He had the nerve to categorize Chris Canyon's sexual preference as a quote unquote choice on live satellite radio. I. I this is one this is one of those where I have to step very carefully. What what's the problem with him saying that it's a choice? If the person who is the owner of said sexual preference doesn't feel that it's a choice, who is anybody else to tell you what it is? That's dicey as fuck, but because I know where where we live and what time we live in, I'm not going to argue with you about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's just because okay, transparent moment, and you can completely cut this if it were too fucking far. But in my history <laughs> of radio, I I have had this. It's it's not a running joke, but it's like it's one of those brain teasers, and it's a it's trying to make the difference. It's trying to establish a, a an understanding. So either either your sexual orientation is a choice. Or there's the argument that it's a um, it's a gene that lies dormant in everything that reproduces sexually. So that is literally a dice roll about what gender you're attracted to. We we are on the same page, right? So if it is a dice roll and it is a gene that you know reproduces in everything that it lies dormant in everything that reproduces sex sexually and then is act activated and or triggered by you know whatever whatever means at that point you have established that regardless of what side of support you sit on one of these people is suffering from a form of retardation mm. I, I, but but wait there's there's the re there's a reason I'm saying that because if the gene doesn't activate, so you're not. It, well, if the gene does activate, let's say you're normal. And, 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 so, conte and contextually, let me let me preface this by saying you're using the word retardation in its truest sense, which is to slow. 
or slowing yes. thereof. Let me let right. me put a that out there. Or mutation, <laughs> a, a retardation, a mutation, whatever the case may be. I chose retardation for a specific reason, though. Um, but for the sake of argument, we're going to say that if the gene has triggered, that means you're normal. And if it hasn't triggered, that means you're in a, a state of retardation. So if you're a heterosexual, that would mean you're operating in a state of retardation. Because of that, and because it is a DNA trait and a genetic defect, you should be able to get a check for that. Mm -hmm. And that was my whole argument the whole time. And people thought that shit was hilarious because of the way I explained it. But you should be able to get a check if it's not a choice. Now, if it's a choice, you're going to forfeit a lot of that other stuff you've been talking about. Like you can't equate that with race. But if it's if it's a choice, it's a choice. If it's not a choice and it's a genetic um, attribute, then the act, the the activation or not or not of that genetic code should be compensated under you know the laws of the land that we live under because you can get a check for being air quotes slowed not slow but slowed, slowed. correct or um altered in one's uh ability to f exhibit cognitive function you people get checks for that right I'm, I'm, I'm listening. So <laughs> I, th this is all I'm saying. I, I, I want to know. I want to know. I, I really want somebody to answer that for me. Like, is it a choice or is it something you can't control? Here, here's the here's the issue. And um, I think we can both we both agree on this. I'm certain that's probably needing to be cut. No, nah, it's, it's all right. It's all right. Um, because yeah, I mean, because you you t you put a bow on it, so that that's the only. If you didn't put a bow on it, it'd be questionable. But no, you did, so we're fine. Here's here's the thing: the person that could give you that answer doesn't exist. You have specialists, you have uh, experts, you have uh, people with doctorate degrees who can give you the answer to this question. But the answer, the true answer, does not exist because the only person ultimately responsible for that, that, that could tell you what one's mind is going through is that person, like. I here's here's something that could get somebody thrown off the off the scent. I think psychology is one of the most useless fields in the world. Psychology is the is the study of mind and behaviors. And how can one person or a group of people dictate how individuals act when there's eight billion people in the world? And it would as be a never never ending case study, right? And as one person dies, another person enters the world. Like it, it's mathematically that's about the how it works and because right. even now i'm thinking of a way to compute the data to decide whether or not it's it's choice or genetic code and you would literally have to go and get into the psyche of every living being it would be per it would literally be person by person and no not 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 we're not even talking just human at this point we're talking about beings period because we're the ones as humans that put labels on things Homo, homo meaning same, hetero meaning different. Like, you know, the, we're the ones put the labels on these things. So why do we have to go into detail one way or the other? You know what I'm saying? Like, how, who gives us the right to be able to do that? And that whole conversation and me giving that anecdote was like, it was it was a way for me to ask what was wrong with Ric Flair saying that you're sexual. Pre Matter of fact, I get it. I know what Ric Flair should have said. 
there, there we go. It's, uh, what what he should have said is not what he said. That's right. the issue. What he said was was a little too judgmental, saying that it's a choice, even though it's a choice, like it's a bad thing. That let's, let's say that he made it seem like his choice wasn't a wasn't a, an acceptable an acceptable choice. Yeah, it, it's tone, it's tone and delivery. And Chris Canyon so, refuted same shit it. that got Tommy Dream in trouble. Tone delivery attitude. And Chris Canyon refuted it as saying that it's not a choice. Didn't go into detail, but he said it's not a choice. But continue what you're saying. What Ric Flair said versus what he should have said. So that's what he said. What he should have said was your decision to make it public is a choice. There it is. <laughs> now, now, if if Richard Flair or Ric Flair would have said your decision to make your sexual preferences public knowledge, that is a choice. He would have been completely within. Like, he, he you probably, can't he say probably, anything about it. it, it that the the, res, the the response that Canyon gave Flair was the expected response for an expected for an expected statement. If he had said, if if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. If he had right. said what you just said, he probably would have silenced the entire room because no one would have expected that at all. And, and that is why I, for a nominal fee, soon to be a phenomenal <laughs> fee, will take some of this broken pistol knowledge, slice it off, and put it on your plate. Just so you I know, just so you know, I was ready. It's right there. I just I, I, I ain't doing no tripping. I ain't gonna have you jump in the cash app today. It was because you because you you set you set me up with the alley oop on the other one, so this one's free. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But just like what the fuck? Like yes, this is why we always say on this show, words matter. The way you articulate things, the way it, the attitude, the the delivery, the cadence in which you speak. All of these things matter in the perception of what you say. And, and, let, and let me say this, too, when you say that. The things that we say aren't designed to offend you. The things that we say are designed to encourage conversation and actually uh, to hopefully skew an opinion one way or another as it relates to professional wrestling and hip-hop. If, if, if we have offended you, we actually don't give a fuck. Yeah, but we, I also say, don't stop me when your fucking feelings get hurt. Stop me when I start lying. <laughs> See, <laughs> you feel me? The the difference between a, a lie and a truth is the lawsuit. Man, man, stop fucking playing with us. And speaking of lawsuits, before we get into the tail end of this, uh, what is this? This the, the hold on. Let me. I'm about to get her name because I because I wasn't. We weren't going to say her name, but then then we then the dirt came. Then up. we then we no look. But no, you can't you can't even be like we weren't going to say her name because you have to say her name. This is true. Um. Uh. Hold please. She could be identifying as non-binary now. You have to. You, gotta, you can't just identify with pronouns. Uh, respect respect the that person's right to choose. There, there were two on the flight, but there was one in, in particular that, that was actually on Dark Side of the Ring, Heidi Doyle. Two flight attendants for over 50 people? That seems like not a lot. I, I think it was a handful. I think, I think there were, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, the story said five. Well, they should have ganged up and started knifing people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you mean? Hey, sidebar. Yo. Uh, uh, Kurt Henning and Brock Lesnar quote-unquote play fighting on an airplane at 30,000 feet and hit the exit door. 
this con- this story can go a different direction. Yeah, you wouldn't have had shit to talk about. <laughs> we wouldn't have had nothing to talk about. Like, wouldn't wouldn't have been no nothing. It'd have been all in in memory of D- this. Do in remembrance of me. Yeah. That would have been wrestling's com- uh, communion table. The, and and <laughs> and the irony about that could have could have been like like possibly being the situation. And this happening the day before WWF literally got the F out. Bruh, like <laughs> there's there's no better illustration of how shit had to change. Man. Because the old guard is done after that. Like it's a lot of people who, you know, occupied a certain standing and they're no longer with the company after this. And then we're moving forward into you know the the greatest class in OVW history. We're 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 moving into Lesnar, Orton, Benjamin, Cena, Haas. We're moving in that direction, and those guys have been living their life certainly at a higher level of conduct. How- we never heard no shit about Cena. I don't expect to, but hell, at this point, I don't know what to believe. How about this? 2016. There were videos of. Two suspects taking upwards of eighty thousand dollars worth of jewelry in Encinitas, California, and there were it was a woman wearing a black jumpsuit casing a store. The Cat day, burglar. And the day before the second burglary, sound like the beginning of a Pink Panther movie. The two suspects in question was one Rob Scott, the second being Heidi Doyle the same flight attendant that was on the plane ride from hell episode of dark side of the ring. So a decade and a half later after, um, being traumatized, didn't she, didn't she stop working for sports jet soon thereafter? Uh, supposedly. And then, um, having her marriage fall apart cause it caused marital issues from everything that happened on the flight. A decade and a half later, you try to hit a lick. And that's supposed to have any bearing on some shit that happened a decade and a half before. And not for nothing, she surrendered. I mean, it's hard out here for a pimp. Now, I'm not going to go into any further details on that, nor am I saying I, I just this is justifiable actions, but I can understand how someone could say the things that they said, like Tommy. I can understand how it could be said, but... Like you just don't say certain things, especially being a married man to a woman with a uh, and the father of daughters. If you gonna stay, if you gonna stay solid for your people, that's one thing. You don't have to include the actions or any of that of another person to stay solid with your people. All these are facts. Like you don't. I I can stand next to Wood and. St- 10 toes down and and still not if if okay let's take it so much smaller wood runs runs a red light we get pulled over there is such a thing as me standing next to my folk and not being a rat at the same time (laughs) did he run the light i don't know sir i was looking at my phone I, I support the fact that I know he's he's not inebriated. He doesn't, to my knowledge, he's never driven uh, under the influence. 
I, that's that's all I can say. I got a, I got a true story for you along those lines. Okay. Right. 1999. Um, I had just. And, and, I, wait, wait, wait. And the 2000? And the 2000. But specifically okay. 1999. I drove you. to Oklahoma City from Tulsa. Skirt. I had just bought a car. The car had um, a major issue under the hood. So after I bought the car, they had to you know, put the car into the shop. They gave me a rental. Uh, I had just moved to Oklahoma from Arkansas. So I still had an Arkansas driver's license. Um, the car I had had an Arkansas license plate on it. But the paperwork that I had showed everything from Tulsa because it was the paperwork for the car that I had purchased as proof of insurance and liability for the rental car. Um, I got pulled over off of the Will Rogers Turnpike by Oklahoma City's Worst in an unmarked Lincoln Town car, which they had at the time. And they pulled me over for having the dome light on for more than a quarter of a mile in the left lane. Mind you, if you know anything about the Will Rogers Turnpike, if you exit going on I-35 South into Oklahoma City, it's a left-hand exit. So the rightful thing for me to do as a responsible defensive driver is to parlay that left-hand that left-hand lane for approximately a quarter of a mile, but I had the dome light on because I was looking for directions. Okay? Mm-hmm. As we get on to I-35, we're right in front of um, famed amusement park, Frontier City, and I get pulled over. And they tell me that's why I get pulled over. In the passenger seat is my ace. But he's got warrants. So he tells me, hey, I know this dude's information. I'm going to be this guy. You tell them no matter what, I'm this person. And I'm going to give them his license number. And he says, I mean, I say bet. They pull up to the window. And at the time I was smoking beaties. If you know anything about beaties, they're little Indian cigarettes rolled up into like, look like from tobacco leaves. They look like joints. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a bunch of like, like beady, I guess, doobies, if you will, for lack of better terminology, roaches in the ashtray. And, the officer looks in and thinks that I'm smoking weed. He said, what are you smoking? I told him, Beatty's. What you going to do when your people go home? Want to smoke weed, but the reaper's all gone. Nope, nope. Nobody had the nerve to take the butt out of my doobie ashtray while you do me that way. No, sir. I, I pulled out a package. You do me that way. I gave him a package and offered it to him. Shout out the, to the dude. Devin. The, the issue though was, was was that there was an open container in the passenger seat my partner my ace was, was drinking in the vehicle naturally I was not because I was driving was being responsible but the person who information he gave was that of a 19 year old the 19 year old was nowhere to be found in fact he wasn't even in the, the time zone and the officer wanted to check my car for contraband because he didn't believe that I actually lived in Tulsa because I had an Arkansas driver's license and a rental car that came from Arkansas. And he says, tell you what, I'll search the car. If I find anything, I'm getting you on everything, including the alcohol possession of a minor or minor possession of alcohol. If I find nothing, I'll let you guys go. I said, so let me get this right. You search my car, you find anything, it's a wrap. You find nothing, we go. <laughs> Run the play, Lego. 
I get out the car. There are five other cars behind his. The last is a K9 unit. They stripped this car down like it was NASCAR. They pulled the seats out with drills and impact drills. They pulled the entire trunk out. The dog sniffed and found a trace of something, but they could find nothing in the car. They let me go. Motherfuckers thought she was like Pablo. But I did, I did exactly what you said that you would have done in that situation. I rode with the homie. I, I stood my ground, did not budge. That's it. You don't, I mean, look, loyalty counts for a lot. It's the kind of loyalty that, that takes you into a master class. You just have to know your environment. Like you just have to, like we're too far along in the evolutionary chain for you not to take into account your surroundings when you do things. I know I can't go into I can't go into any mall in America and just flip out over silly shit because I fit a description. <laughs> so even if I'm in the right, okay, let's say um, let's say I go to North Park because they're famous for this shit, and I go to the Louis Vuitton store. Yeah, I know. First of all, I'm probably not all that welcome in there. However. If I go in there and shit starts feeling uncomfortable, it's it's better for me to just leave than to cause a scene and a disturbance. Even if I'm in the right, even if I feel justified, even if I'm provoked. Mhm. Because I don't fit anything in that store but a description. <laughs> Period. Seems and the easy. minute I take that shit past me walking out, and as soon as I escalate the situation, I'm instantly the bad guy. <laughs> nobody sees the slap that leads to the gunshots. Nope. Nobody. They nobody. All, nobody saw what caused the chair to slide back and the person in to get up. NFL football is back. They always throw the flag on the second person. <laughs> if you if you retaliate, the flag is on you. If you ask the ref for the flag, the flag is on you. <laughs> if you retaliate to that, that's when you get ejected. Oh, Period. Man. That's just how that works. You got to know when to hold them and when to fold them. I don't know why. I don't know why you motherfuckers ain't been listening to Kenny Rogers all these years. He told you know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk the fuck away. <laughs> And yet you do this in front of all these people. You uncouth heathen, you the you sum of a bitch. You savage fuck. You had you had one job, fam. <laughs> and on that note, I have a very long statement to read for you. Before, and, we, and we can end it with this one. <laughs> you'll you'll get a kick out of this. Okay, shoot. Quote. WWE wanted to put together a once-in-a-lifetime fan experience. This kit is not just a kit. It's the belt. It's the clothing, an autographed picture, an autographed canvas picture, and an NFT. When it came up with the face value for what it cost, it came up at around $500 to $600 retail value and then threw it in the value, threw in the value of the NFT. I talk a lot about failure. This idea failed. 
why is it $1,000? Because myself and the folks at WWE thought $1,000 was a fair price point. We were wrong. We were absolutely wrong. This shirt is number zero of 500. I thought with a value like that, the 500 would be gone. We sold 37 of them. It was a catastrophic failure. I designed all of my stuff. I was super proud of this. I love this design. It's one of the instances, one of, one of those instances where I put my heart and soul and did the design. It was really close with work and pieces and, and market research. Yes, it seems fair. I think it will be good. It sucked. It absolutely failed. I took a chance and missed. I'm sorry because it's obvious that the people like the design, but it's way too much. John Cena. <sighs> so... This is in reference to the T-shirt and NFT package that was announced and pushed during SummerSlam 2021 from Las Vegas, of which there was a little bit of vitriol from us because it mimicked a very familiar piece that came from our side of the camp. I, I'll, I'll take my apologies and cash out. <laughs> <laughs> Price just went up. <laughs> So, so it this statement answer at first when I, the first time I read this statement, I was like, mm. and I don't know how true it is because I'm like, for one, now you just reading it now with Cena taking ownership, that's that's a character trait of his. He'll take ownership of whatever, whether it succeeds or fails. He ate I've a bullet. He ate I've, a bullet. I, but I've never known WWE to let numbers like that get become public. And we ask about and speculate numbers like that all the time. It's nobody ever gets that specific. Now, true, Cena's, Cena's at a point where, let's keep it real, he's bigger than the job. So if he decided he wanted to give out numbers and be transparent, he could also do that as well. That's just not something that typically comes from that side of the argument. He, and then it answered the other question we had about who designed it, who picked it. It, somebody, it had to be approved at some point. According to him, or according to this statement, he, design, he air quotes, designs all of his stuff and he approves it. Which, which goes back to, to which goes back to the, the edge that we were speaking about post-SummerSlam about the idea that another piece of art or work was actually lifted and or viewed by parties directly or indirectly related to John Cena. All I'm saying is my apologies and cash out, please. So <clears throat> we've already we've already done the the due diligence. I mean, what's the number of episodes that we tell them to go back to as a reference point for which one? For the post-SummerSlam show where we first went stupid on this. Oh, <laughs> I believe that was 127. Available on, on all streaming platforms and YouTube. So, at Broken Pencil BC on everything. 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 So, everything. I ain't got to keep giving numbers and times and date stamps and all that and trying to figure out whose work bit who or who was doing what at what time. It's just... When it became a thing in 2018 or 19, whenever it became a thing, was 2018. 
there are three three that I well I won't even say three I know of because there's more people who have done it but I was told by you know some people who felt like they they uh, could could levy an opinion that would sway where I stood on it that it wasn't there was no um how do I say this there's no merit to what I was saying mm-hmm it couldn't simply be. It couldn't, you, you couldn't substantiate your statements. You could yes, uh, simply because of the disparity in fame. Like you don't have <laughs> any for, real reason for no other reason. Right, it's just a disparity in fame. John Cena, I'm, I'm fine to admit this. John Cena is extremely more established and famous than I am. Of course, of course, N- no argument from me, none whatsoever. But to think just because someone is more famous that, that your ideas can't make their way up to where they are, that's a fallacy. True indeed. And the part about it that, that the biggest part about it that made me question whether or not this statement was from him was the amount of tone deaf that went into setting this price point. We are still, we are still, even now, entrenched in a pandemic. Totally entrenched. So when you decided to put together this prize pack and this gift set and whatever, and make the NFT, and you're gonna limit it to 500, cool, all that makes perfect sense. Would have made more sense had he won, then that probably would have spiked some sales. He all but disappeared after that. You haven't seen or heard from him since. Man, at all, at all. This is the first piece, if it's not a tweet or an Instagram post, this is the first public piece I've heard that's supposed to be attached to him. You sold 37. Out of 500. A, no, a, they were they retail at 1,000. They No, no, no. Out of, but I say out of 500, like serialized, you sold right. 37 at 1,000 a clip. Bruh. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't wish this on anybody. I don't wish for anybody to have a, an idea fail. All I'm saying is the universe has a funny way of balancing things out. So be careful how you treat and interact with people, or their ideas, or their concepts. Treat people the way you should be treated. The golden rule. Is it? Is is rule number one? Universal now, law. What goes around comes around. Karma. I mean, like you, it's all, whatever you want to. However you you view it in life, this is what that is. Firsthand. And, and truthfully, I'm not sitting here celebrating the loss because for them this isn't really a loss. And just because I feel like you know I'm in the I'm in the alley oop in spirit, this is how you basically nullify the, whatever this loss might be. I'll be more diplomatic than that, Suave. Any win for the industry of professional wrestling and hip hop is a win for us. Any L for the industry of professional wrestling and for the industry of hip-hop is an L for us. It's not truth. It's not our L, but it's still an L that we hold on our back. It's still a, a, a W that we that we hold on, on our on our hat. You know, it's it's just, it's there. Now, I'm 100% serious when I say I want my consultant's fee. However, this is how you, this is how you shake back from this. All right, one through 37. Um, you can't drop the price well, you can, but it just—it would seem unethical to try to move these because you've already, 
you estimated the value at one thing, you took that number and doubled it. That's usually how, how business works when you try. You're gonna do 100% markup on whatever it is you're doing to, to recoup all of your you know manufacturing, production costs, items, whatever else. So whatever it costs you, you're gonna at least double it. That's that's a little bit of small math for those of you who, you know, y'all out here fucking around. There was also the, the, the and I'm gonna say this is a rumor, that roughly, how many years ago? Five or six years ago, it was stated that Cena was on the high end of the revenue splitting for merchandise, which is at about 30 to 35 percent. Mm-hmm. Which, if that's the case, a 40 percent markup over $600 will put that right at about let's see how good my math is here. That's 300. Well, that's, look, you ain't even got to do that. Five, uh, 500 items at a thousand a clip, 500 grand, 40 percent of 500 grand. 40 percent of 500 grand. Yep, that is thirty-seven, three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. No, right. that's not. That's not right. Is, is Wait, it? Hold up. I ain't done this shit in a long time. <laughs> three hundred thousand dollars. That's for sure. It thirty-three hundred thousand dollars. So sorry, sorry, two hundred thousand. Forty percent is three is two hundred thousand dollars. That's my final number. Yes, two hundred X. So almost a quarter of a million dollars you to stand stood to make off this didn't happen. Nobody's losing in this situation. Cena's not losing. I'm sure he'll be fine financially. We already know what the finances look like for WWE. Andrew Yang getting ready to pack your pockets, but I don't think it's gonna really. It's not gonna put you in dire straits. Man, but it's if, probably, if, it's, if he's able to do anything at all, I digress. Oh, if he's able to get it for at least one person, and on the cool, we this will be something we talk about on another show. But the key is royalties. The key is performing and mechanical royalties on from the network. That's going to be the thing. But put a pin in that for later. Just remember I brought it up. That's going to be that's that's going to be insane. Bruh, trying to calculate a mechanical royalty on something that is on demand streaming. I mean, you you you, you have to this is where trust issues come into play because you have to be able to to cooperate and no raw data from the source mm-hmm. how many times something got quote unquote clicked and how long it constitutes to be a quote unquote play or, or search like there's so much aggregate data you would have to hire a big data specialist to be able to get to the bottom of that then if someone pushes play on it do you pay everybody who's on the episode or do you just pay up to a certain point because it's a lot. It's it's a whole lot. So that's why it, it takes a whole nother episode to really unpack that. And I but, mean that that could be a that could be a whole series of episodes just to get down to the science of it all because like You feel me? You you want a one off and if you're coming back and trying to recoup, that's the equivalent of trying of like ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, Media Base, or SoundScan trying to get retro radio spins based off of uh traffic numbers. It, it's virtually impossible. It's doable, but it's virtually impossible. And because it's virtually impossible, but you have someone like Andrew Yang pushing the envelope, he's going to force their hand, or in my opinion, force their hands on agreeing to something. As but much as possible. He, but in, in, you know, and the data has to be believable. Exactly. So it's like, okay, we're just going to establish a royalty rate per play per episode. Like, here's an example. I'm sure Chris Canyon didn't have any kids. May he rest in peace. Um, 
you're not you're not going to say, hey, who's the highest searched, highest viewed performer on Peacock's version of WWE Network? You're not going to fluff and say, you know who it was? It was Chris Canyon. You can't fluff that. For the sake of saying, I'm not going to pay you what you think you need to be paid for somebody else. Because there's nobody else. There's there's no survivors for Chris Canyon. Not saying there's not any survivors. I'm using that as an example because he's no, no, no longer with us. Um, but like that's the type of situation that you're looking at when someone asks you for information that, that doesn't belong to you. You can get what they want to give you. And it may not be anything remotely close to what you're looking for, but it will solve two problems. A, them giving you data, and B, you protecting your own bag. Yeah, because if they start analyzing data, like you're going to be out of a whole lot. So if you pick a number that you're cool, you're cool with paying each individual person who's a part of the lawsuit, which Andrew Yang is already recruiting people to be a part of a massive class action suit, then you probably, that feels like in the end, that money you pay out is still a tax write-off. True indeed. So you might as well. So that's why I say something's going to happen with this. But back to this whole NFT thing. The way they shake back from this is what you do is you have um, around 500. Let's 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 call it an even round number 40. So you have 460 of these left. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than than now you can mark them down. You can mark them down to 500, and you might sell a few more. But like I say, you kind of misjudge the market during this particular time in American history or in, in world history, just to be honest, because they sell things internationally. Take what you have left and start dispersing it amongst these network television executives that have children. Here, Here's the bigger kicker. Because you're going you're gonna to buy all these back and it's a tax write-off when you buy them back and then give them out as gifts because then you can write off the full value. NFT is a virtually new market and mm -hmm. for someone as as polarizing but as attractive to children as john cena as, as merchandise is this is it should be something like he said that should fly off the shelf but kids don't have a thousand dollars of disposable income and parents ain't trying to pay a thousand dollars for their kids for some shit that they can get they can't get an immediate return on investment on while you're collecting thousand dollar bags off of one or two days worth of flipping on coinbase you're paying a thousand dollars for a swag bag and a picture, and the pot, an, an electronic picture at and, that, and the possibility for growth based on popularity. Nah, bro, that ain't gonna do it for me as a parent. Because if I got three kids and all three of them watch wrestling, that's three grand I got to spend for each one of them motherfuckers, and I'm not having it. Hmm. Yeah. All, all because, and this all popped because of the shirt. Now, here's what I do expect, because. I know WWE. I know this. I know how they like to do shit. So rather than say, <laughs> yeah, rather than say we're not gonna move these other five, the rest of this five hundred, so the first one through thirty-seven become like super collector collectors items and appreciating value. Like I said, they have the opportunity to air quotes buy them back, and then distribute them as gifts for you know rich people. It's like. It's a rich people swag bag. Hey, give this to your kids. Thanks for keeping us on the network. So people at Peacock, people at Fox, people at FS1, people at USA, anywhere that the that the WWE has branded content and you need to be able to, you know, smooth some things over, give those to the executives that have kids. 
and then you can write it back off as gifts and that's a tax that's a a tax write-off is a deduction yep <laughs> what I fully expect to happen though is right around the time Wrestlemania comes here mm-hmm Cena's already alluded to the fact that he's probably gonna be back for that mm-hmm that, I, I give you three to one eyes that shirt's available for sale not just for sale I'm ex- I'm anticipating Wrestlemania uh Wrestlemania and or possibly SummerSlam packages SummerSlam Survivor Series packages even maybe even Royal Rumble packages that include that Bad package NFT. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's gonna be part of the gold, the gold package for this year's WrestleMania. Yeah, man. So you get to come, you get to come here and see Raw and SmackDown, and yeah, you get the whole travel package, like travel accommodations, hotel room, tickets to the events, and then yeah, for an extra thousand or extra eight hundred, because now you're getting two hundred dollars off, extra eight hundred bucks, you get the NFT package. Yeah. And but on, I fully, I fully expect that shirt to be on sale because if he pulls back up in a completely different shirt, I don't know what. <laughs> he, or, I don't really know how to gauge it. How, how, how do you like? Because you have to bounce back. You've been the king of merch, like you've outsold everybody. You, you've also been there for almost twenty years, but you've outsold everybody in that twenty years. Most of it in the last ten years because of your color schemes. How do you I mean, bounce back from this? It's nothing for him to come up with something else. Like, okay, Cena has had let's. What do you think? Two, three dozen different T-shirts. Easy over over easy. time. Easy, easy. This one stood out for some obvious reasons. It stood out for obvious reason to the people on this show right now, but then for everybody else listening, because this is a design that was used by CM Punk, and this is right before his re his reemergence into professional wrestling. Same thing, the Young Bucks had something with theirs. Uh, I think Chance the Rapper did it, Beat King did it, I did it. It's a lot. Everybody's got a different timestamp to say, you know, when they did what, but that's where it comes from. So there's nothing that may, leads me to believe that Cena's next shirt can't just be something else retro. Mm-hmm. If they don't just come up with a plain design or something else, there's nothing that says he won't reach into the 80s, 90s retro bag and pull something else out. Because you remember the, the 8-bit Cena shirt? Mm-hmm. That's a yep. pro wrestling tee special too. It's, the- all, it's all part of a trend that was going on at the time. And especially when he had uh, the Nintendo cartridge, the Nintendo cartridge box shirts, the eight bit, yeah, those eight bit shirts too. Those were something special, like like having an Excite Bike cover on a shirt, right? So, yeah, like there's nothing to say he won't just do that same formula again. Cena's a Cena's older than we are, so he knows all of the stuff that you know was going on was popping in nineties retro, so. The office pool is about guessing what he's going to be, if it's anything. Because I feel like at this point, because because the NFT was a thousand, the NFT package was a thousand dollars. You could get 50 for that T-shirt by itself. Mm -hmm. So if WWE and for those of you who have ever bought and manufactured custom T-shirts, you do realize the larger number you purchase these in, the cheaper they are. So nothing that makes me not believe that WWE has a, a t-shirt manufacturing plant already. Similar to pro wrestling tees, it's just not open to the public. Right. 
I mean, so, and you, and ev- that's evidenced by the show that's on A and E. While you know they have this big warehouse of leftover merch. That part you can just house merch. So there's nothing that makes me believe that these these shirts can't end up being as cheap or cheaper than a dollar per per unit. And if you charge fifty for it during WrestleMania weekend, no one's gonna blink. Man, the shirts oh getting bought. <laughs> Two of them getting bought. Or oh, I can get this shirt for fifty, and I'm saying fifty just on some regular shit. You could charge a hundred and probably still get it. <laughs> Make it a limited edition with like a John Cena autograph and like gold foil on the back. You can get a hundred dollars for that T-shirt, easy. Especially during WrestleMania Mania weekend. Because WrestleMania weekend, for a lot of people who are traveling into a, a destination from overseas and all over the country and all over the world, it's a fuck it weekend. <laughs> like you, you have all the money you have is in a budget for you to walk away with and come back with bags and none and nothing inside of the budget. I got to sell. I got seven hundred dollars seats. I'm paying about a thousand dollars for this hotel room for the whole time I'm here. What? What's a hundred dollar shirt? <laughs> Tuesday at Access. <laughs> That's it. That's all I'm saying. So just don't be surprised when this type of stuff happens. And, it, and if it does happen exactly the way I say it, I just want my consultant's fee because I just gave you a way out. What people shouldn't be surprised with is my timing when I tell you, Swab, to take us to the house. Pencil pushers. Heads up. Wait a minute. Seat backs and tray tables in your upright and locked position. <laughs> Heads up. Pencils down. Out of here. <laughs> Shit. All right, cool. That's